BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Hey, Ken, did you know that gold is the only currency that's held its value since the dawn of money? Well, I did. Thanks to our friends at Legacy Precious Metals, the most trusted name in gold investing. Investing in gold protects you against inflation and gives you a hedge against stock market volatility. Don't leave your retirement to chance. Call Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or download your free investor's guide now at buylegacygold.com. That's buylegacygold.com. Today is a happy day. You were so excited that two hours ago you sent out an email, the affidavit against Kohler. The case explains starting with page 15. I'm like, who's Kohler? Uh, I guess did I send you the wrong affidavit? Well, I don't know. Or is it Kuehl? Oh, is Kuehl. Oh, it's probably the, the stupid spell correct. Oh, okay. You know, the autocorrect on the spell. I said, oh, did somebody else get to search? No, <laughs> I, you know what? That happens all the time. Because they, oh. they, 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 the autocorrect gets in the way, and I don't, I don't notice it. And, you didn't uh, notice. You were but too busy. I, this. Sheila Kuehl is uh, the uh, county supervisor, and she played a major role in shutting down L.A. County for the last two and a half years. The business's uh, primary example. Uh, she was behind that uh, horrible shutdown of outdoor dining during uh, the uh, holidays in 2020. And um, she's, she's just an awful person. But there was a scandal bubbling under the surface, which we discussed some at the time that it first broke. But nothing came of it until today. And Until today. And, of course, the big story is that a search warrant was served at her home in Santa Monica. It was also served at a nonprofit run by a woman named Patty Giggins, who happens to be a member of the L.A. County Sheriff's Civilian Oversight Commission. But the nonprofit is really what this is about, and it's called Peace Over Violence. It's run by Sheila Kuehl's best friend in the whole world, uh, Patty Giggins. And it looks as if they got a series of contracts for hundreds of thousands of dollars to set up a, uh, a sexual harassment hotline for L.A. Metro, uh, which hardly got any calls. In fact, the claim is the calls that did come in cost the taxpayer about eight thousand dollars per call we did the story fox 11 discovered this and did an expose on it uh, a while back and that's when we first learned about this i knew there was a hotline but i did not know anything about peace over violence i did not know anything about sheila keeler patty giggins but the big headline of the story was a hotline was set up money was paid out for the contract nobody really called it 
So it looks suspicious. It, yes. And we have Corbin Carson on now from KFI News. And he's going to give us uh, hey guys. the background on this. Um, oh, tell us tell us about the, the, the search this morning. What were the circumstances? Yeah, yeah, let, me, let me break. The, the simplest way to start this is two sides, obviously. The Sheriff's Department says this is all about public corruption, which you guys were just talking about. Supervisor Kuehl's side said this is all about retaliation for being critical. Let's start with Kuehl's side. She says this morning she was awakened, and she told me by a banging on the door about 7 this morning. I throw on some clothes, I go down, open the door. More than a dozen clanking sheriff's deputies with all of their vests and their weapons and dressed like for, you know, a drug raid. This is all totally bogus. It's about a contract that this nonprofit got that I had nothing to do with. We didn't vote on it on the Metro board. I didn't know anything about it. I've been friends with the head of Peace Over Violence. That's it. So now my house gets raided. Um, It's outrageous. And I think the sheriff is trying to divert attention from his failing campaign and his certainly his failed service as, as sheriff. So basically she's saying the timing of this, as you guys alluded, this has been going on for some time. Uh, she says it's an eight-year-old contract that you heard her say she has no knowledge of, didn't vote on. But let's go into the other side. I, I got to look at the warrant today. And, and you know, uh, it talks about between the years of 2014 and 2020, uh, 2020 there was a series of sole source contracts that were awarded to by the MTA uh, to this to this nonprofit that is run by uh, Patty Patty Giggins, no, a uh, yeah, no bid Sheila. contracts. We have to point out, right? No competitive, no competition, yes. right? And, and and they got over eight hundred and ninety thousand dollars, and and like like you just mentioned, it is non competitive only between the two, and and that's kind of where this lies. Is there a buddy buddy situation going on? Uh, the affidavit cites allegations by the former Metro empo- employee who, in fairness, Kuehl says was let go. Uh, she's a, a disgruntled, or that employee is a disgruntled employee. But according to the affidavit, that witness claims the former Metro uh, Metro CEO pushed for these contracts to peace over the violence, that's the nonprofit, to remain in good graces with Supervisor Sheila Kuehl. And that the witness says uh, they were pointing out building uh, irregularities involving the nonprofit to Washington uh, and that uh, who ordered her to pay bills because he did not want to upset any of Supervisor Sheila Kuehl's friends. And then you guys also mentioned that Fox 11 investigation, uh, which uh, which is cited in the warrant and the affidavit that accompanies it, that there was an uh, the sex harassment hotline was costing taxpayers more than $8,000 per phone call. And then, and then the station also said that the, the, the line was uh, claimed to have received 1,300 calls between 2017 and 2020, but very few of them turned out to be legitimate, and the vast majority were hang-ups, tests, or not ac- applicable for what the, the line's purpose is, at least yeah. as it was stated. They counted every telemarker and everybody who dialed the wrong number as a uh, right. sexual harassment call. One of, the, one of the important things, because Sheila Kuehl, boy, she's really a master at... Uh, uh, trying to get ahead of the story, says, well, it's something I didn't vote on. Well, the reason there's a reason she didn't vote on these contracts. The largest contract was for $494,000. Interesting number. That's exactly $6,000 short of the amount under the that would require yeah. the supervisors requires to vote. requires a vote. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so they conveniently came up with 494000 and that exempted the uh, the entire board of supervisors from voting on it. And now, that at the time, that, uh, the, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. 
I was just going to say at the time the nonprofit says uh, in, in in relation to those uh, in, in relation to those uh, inflated call numbers they say they don't do that they count accurately the calls which I would expect you're supposed to say and uh, according to their contract all calls coming into the hotline are legitimate and they they can't put a price tag on serving a survivor of violence. Um, and then again, remember that well, price tag was $8,450 well, yes, <laughs> per call. You, 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 can't, you can't spend millions and millions of dollars uh, if you're only getting a handful of calls. Then, then you got to find a better right. way to help those people. There's other phone numbers available if you want to report sexual harassment. That's not the only phone number in existence. So in the person fairness, that's supposed to be behind this is, is a Metro employee by the name of Jennifer Lowe. That's what we understand right. from the stories written about this. It isn't as if Villanueva's department made up this case. It came from this former Metro employee who actually settled a lawsuit against Metro, claiming she was retaliated against for her complaints about misconduct at the agency. So just to clarify where this story supposedly came from, it is a whistleblower within Metro, formerly. Who, who, right. who they paid a half million alleged. dollars to. Right. And, and Loa also alleged that Kuehl had steered these no-bid contracts to Giggins in peace of, uh, over violence and um, that she was not formally identified in the search warrant, but it, it, that she is cited as an unnamed witness who raised the allegations. But again, let me go back to uh, uh, Sheila Kuehl just to be fair real quick on more on why she thinks... Don't be fair. Wait, wait a second. Have I have a question. Why do we have to be fair <laughs> with somebody who's lying? Well, he's a news guy. He wants to be fair. Well, that's I'm, the... I'm one of those news guys who's not on either side here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so go ahead. Here, here, just a little bit yes. more. What do you have on Sheila? Kuehl? I think the sheriff's uh, threat oh, last year to do this to the nonprofit that was part of that contract uh, tips it off as retaliation because the head of that nonprofit was the head of the oversight commission for the sheriff's department, and she had been very critical of him. And boom, he's now going to search her office. Uh, I have been very clear, though I try not to be nasty, that the ah. sheriff is ill-qualified, has not done his job, has overrun his budget, is not really able to control his department. Right, goes on about the gangs right, and, right. and other she, things. You that, know what you know. she's also ignoring? That he cleaned up some of the biggest homeless camps in her district with his leadership, and she right. let them uh, fester and spread. We, we, we had on the west side in Venice and uh, San Vicente Boulevard is two big examples Terrible homeless conditions that went on for years and years, and then he came in and cleaned it up and embarrassed her because she doesn't do her job. Now, uh, Corbin, well, I think the sheriff, the sheriff is saying he had nothing to do with this investigation. He recused himself from it, that this is part of something called right. the Office he said, of the this Undersheriff. Was, this is from the... Right, the, in the sheriff's public corruption unit were the ones that uh, executed the the offices of the warrant. Because you would you would imagine that if something is being done on this sort of a public scale, there's going to be a lot of scrutiny into how this went down. So it makes sense that he would he would he would come out and say that he recused himself from this. It was an entirely different uh, um, uh, investigation. What's funny though is uh, Q was telling me some of the things they took uh, in addition to her, and this is on the warrant too. What they were looking for: the phones, the computers, any communication between these parties. Uh, between the friends and between the nonprofit, et cetera. They also took her CDs of her, her TV shows, uh, of old TV shows from um, decades ago. And uh, she was she was pretty hot about that. Yeah, she was a child <laughs> the, the actress. Don't be Gillis show, yeah. Um, uh, how come they had right, some uh, right, fe yeah. federal agents? Why were there federal agents participating in the raid? Well, they said that the, uh, the the affidavit, if I remember correctly, is that they were moving, uh, that they're passing all this information and the uh, investigation is being, not passing it on, but 
sharing it with the with the feds who may also either take over or be taking part in the investigation. So that's another piece that will probably come out in the days and weeks to come as to how far this thing goes. All right, Corbin, thank you very much thank for that you. report. Good All right, right there Appreciate at the scene, guys. Corbin Carson, listening to Sheila Q babble outside her home. Apparently she's barefoot uh, because her home got searched at 7 a.m. And so did Patty. Is he Patty Giggins' picture? I thought it was Elton John. Uh, I thought it was. I thought it was Billie Jean King actually when I looked at it. Oh, did you see that picture of her? In uh, yeah, the woman that runs the nonprofit. They're good friends. Also, supposedly Giggins has given money to campaigns of Sheila. Sheila Kuehl married Giggins and Giggins' wife. Yeah, uh, uh, Kuehl has called Giggins. <laughs> oh, you mean she? She was the uh, officiant. Yes. Okay. When you said married, I thought you were like, oh, it was, it was like, like a, a threesome. Three, no, 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 no. She was <laughs> acting as a, a marriage official. Right. And right. Uh, said, said publicly that uh, Giggins is her best friend in the whole world. So her best friend in the whole world has an organization that got $816,000 of uh, county contracts, no bid. Uh, well, the biggest contract, $6,000 short of the amount that would be required for the supervisors to vote on. And performed uh, almost zero service. It was almost no use to her sexual harassment hotline because I guess nobody was aware of the number. Hardly anybody ever called it. Yeah, you have to kind of advertise a number. Okay, we're going to have the sheriff on at 305. I don't know how much he can say, but he's agreed to talk to us about this big story. More coming up. John and Ken, KFI. All right, so big story here this morning was the raid by the L.A. County Sheriff's Department, an investigative unit. At the home of the L.A. County Supervisor, Sheila Kuehl, who, by the way, is done this year. She is not running for re-election. But it deals with a uh, nonprofit called Peace Over Violence, which is headed by a very close friend, really close friend of Sheila Kuehl's name, Patty Giggins. And this uh, Metro Sexual Harassment Violence Hotline that was set up years ago, it began in 2017. And Giggin's organization got the contract to operate the hotline. And then Fox 11 did an expose that it got very few calls. In fact, as laid out in the search warrant, uh, it says that um, it appeared to show more than 1,300 calls to the hotline since 2017. But when they look closer, uh, as John mentioned, they were just logging it every time the phone even rang. A lot of them were hangups, wrong numbers, tests. Um, um, telemarketers. <laughs> Uh, For example, in October 2019, LA Metro reported that the hotline served 27 people for the month, but the true call logs show that 19 of those calls were hangups or wrong numbers. So only eight of the reported 29 calls were actually legitimate calls to the hotline. And you can put a price on uh, a sexual harassment victim because there's no way we ought to be paying $8,000 a call. $8,450 $8,450 a call was one calculation for but, a particular you know, month of August. Wh- to 2020. Why people blowing uh, our tax money care about that sort of thing? By the way, uh, Patricia Giggins and many of the people who work for her also have donated thousands and thousands of dollars to Sheila Kuehl's campaign. So uh, Kuehl was providing a contract worth hundreds of thousands of dollars to Giggins, and Giggins and her uh, fellow workers were providing thousands of dollars in contributions. You, you see how the whole game works. Here's one of the key parts. And again, this is, comes from uh, Jennifer Lowe, who's the former employee. Uh, she said there was no legitimate reason for Metro to outsource this sexual harassment service to peace over violence. 
That is the nonprofit that Giggins runs. And again, another corrupt nonprofit. This was a no-bid contract pushed forward by the CEO, Philip Washington, in order to, quote, remain in good graces with Sheila Kuehl. Kuehl is not only an L.A. County supervisor, she's one of 14 members of the MTA Board of Directors, basically Washington's boss. She is a direct supervisor over Washington. Um, Although the program was a complete failure, the contract was extended for three additional years without a competitive bid. Uh, Jennifer Lowe was a project manager at the time and noticed a $75,000 bill from Peace Over Violence come across her desk. Having knowledge that no official contract or agreement had been authorized, she confronted Philip Washington, the Metro CEO, about the bill. She says Washington ordered her to pay the bill, saying, I'd rather not upset any of Sheila Kuehl's friends. He did not dispute the veracity of the bill with Kuehl. He just said, well, let's pay it. Um, And by friends, Jennifer Lowe thought that he was referring to Patricia Giggins. The witness further stated that Philip Washington told her directly he would rather pay the $75,000 so later on he could use that to his advantage when he needed a political favor from Sheila Kuehl. Patricia Giggins is part of this Civilian Oversight Commission that was set up by the Board of Supervisors. I think it was a ballot measure that uh, we told people to vote no on, mm. but it got approved. This is their way of trying to get rid of Villanueva or at least keep a close eye on him. Giggins got on that commission because of Kuehl. So you can see all the relationships between the two here that go back and forth. Now, from the opposite universe, <clears throat> the El Segundo Times wants to report that the lead uh, investigator on this case, the Sheriff's Public Correction Public Corruption Unit, is a Mark Lillifield, a retired homicide investigator who had a decades-long relationship with the judge who approved the warrants. In fact, they claim there was an internal inquiry as to whether or not Lillifield was trying to help the judge get out of some legal trouble a few years ago. So both sides are claiming, uh, you know, partisanship, incestuous relationships is what's led to this confrontation between the two. Bottom line is, did this happen? Did this, uh, Patricia? Well, if the hotline was a flop, is that corruption? Um. Why would you give all those no-bid contracts out for $800,000 and then it was a flop and they wanted to extend it another three years? And why, yeah, somebody should have called that out. Why is that $494,000 the price tag when 500000 triggers a vote? And why is Philip Washington afraid to question one of the bills because he doesn't want to piss Sheila Kuehl off? Hmm. Or then, as you said later, he wants to hold on to a payment until he has something to hold over now, her. this is corruption. That's a more ominous quote. Yeah, this is all corruption. Now... You have to get a judge to sign off it. And also, it looks like the feds are interested, too, where they wouldn't have sent their agents over to help out. Because you notice who's missing in this story? George Gascon. This is something the L.A. County District Attorney should be investigating and considering charges. He supposedly said he wanted nothing to do with this. As a matter of fact, Villanueva had asked him some time ago to they could cooperate together on these types of investigations. And he apparently said, I don't want to get involved in this political stuff. Right. Because he's, she's, he's Sheila Kuehl's friend. Kuehl yeah, they're, backs they're closer Gascon, aligned, right? so he's not going to, and, and uh, you know, because Gascon is corrupt too, so he's not going to investigate Kuehl, and so what Villanueva did, which is I think what he did with one of the police shootings, is he's going outside of Gascon, 
because Gascon is so dishonest and he's uh, appealing to the feds. Your challenge, if you choose to accept it, is this. Let's go, let's go! Show up on day one, work out with us for 30 minutes, feel good right away. Yo! Repeat five days a week for three weeks. Three weeks? Five workouts a week. We're a body, and we call that a body block. You pick the block and you're going to love the experience. On week four, this part is really important. Take the week off. Seriously, we mean it. Rest, go on vacation, or try something new. Maybe some yoga. Notice you're not holding on to any tension here. Or a dance class. Get sexy with it, daddy. You do you. And then start again. Be committed to this process. Choose a new body block each month. Get a new challenge each month. Have fun every day. Avoid burnout. You're not going to quit on yourself today. This is how you reach your goals. You win? There is nothing that we can't do if we work together. Sign up for your first body block today. Visit body.com for a free trial. That's B-O-D-I Are you ready to get started? You will fail. So what? Everybody does. But your gym, your watch, your yoga pants, they pretend you won't. So when you miss a day, eat the pancakes. Give up on a workout? You failed? Seriously, what the hell? We're body. We've been a part of that too. But not anymore. At body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. Not in a Pizza Monday kind of way, in a loving your whole life kind of way. In a, this workout is fun and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In an, I'm eating healthy and it's okay if I indulge kind of way. In a, I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's B-O-D-I dot com. Do an investigation here. All right. We will have the sheriff on the show after three o'clock. John and Ken. All right. As we just mentioned, we'll be talking to the Los Angeles County Sheriff, Alex Villanueva, right after the news at three o'clock. And of course, it's about the search warrant that was served by his department, an investigative unit of his department, of which he said that he had recused himself from the investigation, it involves L.A. County Supervisor Sheila Kuehl and a nonprofit run by a very longtime close friend of hers. And a hotline set up at Metro for sex harassment calls. It's back when, well, because ridership really dropped off, but it's back in 2016, 2017, yeah. when uh, one out of, I think, every five riders complained about sexual harassment or sexual abuse. So, you know, well, so we ought to have a hotline so people can report this. But you have, uh, nobody be- called. Because you only have mental patients and drug addicts taking the trains and the buses. So, of course, you're going to get a lot of sexual harassment. But probably a lot of these guys had uh, sexual uh, perversion criminal records but, in their yeah, back. you got to understand the calls were probably down in 2020 and 2021 because no one was riding the metro but the homeless and the... $816,000, huh? Yeah. Nobody called it into question because maybe it was a favor to Sheila Keel's friend. How many of these exist? How many of these corrupt programs tucked away in corners, passed without any publicity, passed without votes, and their prices are carefully calibrated so not to trigger a vote? How many um, of them? I would assume all the city council people and all the supervisors had these programs, and it benefits their buddies. And then their buddies funnel uh, campaign contributions back to them. So the virtuous circle. What did OJ used to call it? The circle of benevolence? Yeah. Yeah, that's what this is. 
All right, so we will uh, be talking to the sheriff after the news at 3 o'clock. Fentanyl strikes again. You may have heard the news. LAPD's investigating four potential fentanyl overdoses. A teenage girl died of an apparent overdose at Hollywood's Bernstein High School. Yesterday, the police got a call to come to the high school for an overdose investigation. A parent found his missing stepdaughter at the school, suffering from an overdose, but alive. But she then pointed out that her friend was in the bathroom. They found that uh, girl uh, unresponsive, and she, she died. And the last time we talked about fentanyl, and this is important to understand because this is the state of California, particularly in Sacramento. They don't want to send anybody to jail or prison anymore. And if they do, they don't want them to go there for very long. So there were a series of bills. And I think uh, the Inland Empire State Senator Melissa Melendez was chief in pushing one of them. She wanted to go after. By the way, the girls thought they were getting Percocet. I got to be clear about that first. It's not good, but they went to a nearby park called Lexington Park yeah, looking to buy Percocet, but it was opioid, laced with fentanyl. Yeah, it's an opioid painkiller that gives you a high. Right. We've run into this story before. We talked to a man whose daughter did the same thing. She was looking, I think it was oxycodone, and it was laced with fentanyl, and she died. So the bill by Melissa Melendez was an attempt to go after the people that sell these drugs when they're laced with fentanyl. I think the first time they're given a warning. She said it's like drunk driving, right? But the next time we're coming after you, perhaps for murder, the bill died. I think it died like twice, maybe three times. She keeps pushing it. And the Democrats that run the public safety committee say, no, no, the prisons are too full. We will not do this. I mean, that's that's it. That's their agenda. No more people in the prisons or the jails. So so teenage uh, kids, high school kids die. They die because... These the consequences per- are little for the person that sold the pills, right? Well, what do you think you're going to get? You're going to get more dead teenagers. I, I, I mean, it's and in any other world, they'd be spending enormous amounts of money stopping the fentanyl trade, and they'd be throwing all the guys who were manufacturing and distributing, selling fentanyl in prison for a long time. That's what a normal society does. Our society lets the fentanyl uh, delivery system run amok. They're making billions off it, the Mexican drug cartels, and you have teenagers dying. That's our value system here. You know, that's why when I hear politicians talking about our value system, our core values, my head explodes. You have no core values. You're just letting letting, uh, kids die, and you don't care. You're stupid. Oh, we don't want any more prisoners. Well, great. So we get more dead kids. There's your choice. Nice work. Hey, keep voting for these people. It's working out really well. Fentanyl is a highly potent opiate substance intended to be used as a pain reliever. In fact, in the story I'm looking at, it's the way that some people can have same-day outpatient surgery or a colonoscopy and go home and feel okay. It's fast-acting. It's strong. It can bring immediate pain relief, but clearly it is very dangerous. You can only have an extremely tiny amount. It takes very little to kill you. That's the danger in it. It's not like ordinary painkillers or ordinary anesthetics. This is just a little a little bit of fentanyl dust and you're gone. Yeah, this story makes it sound like sometimes it just happens sort of by accident because it's a powdery, white powdery substance, and it often gets mixed in with cocaine or heroin when they're putting together their their yeah. what well, they you, call their underground drug you manufacturing. Think they, you think they have quality control in those uh, drug trailers in Mexico? 
Uh, They're making sure likely. there's no impurities in the in the mix. Yeah, I also thought they were doing it because it's so addictive and you get such a big high, they figured, you know, you'll come back for more if you survive well, it. That too. But they don't really care if you die. It doesn't matter to them. Be, be, because there's an insatiable market for this stuff. There are so many people that are, that are that are taking fentanyl as well as all the other drugs that they're just they're producing pills in 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 hundreds of locations thousands probably all over Mexico all day and night packaging them getting them over the border nobody's stopping it and and uh, it, it's cheap to sell they make their money on volume the fentanyl pills themselves are very cheap so that's why high school kids can buy them yeah there were two additional potential overdoses of teenagers near the same park uh, where eventually they found this yeah. girl and then her friend who passed away and the overdose in the bathroom. So, yeah. I, uh, I, but I, there's just no interest in Sacramento or clamping down on this kind of dealing. No, uh, it, because they're 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 psycho up in Sacramento. Honestly, they are psycho, completely sociopathic. They have no empathy at all for the parents now and the family members and friends who are going to suffer for the rest of their lives because of the deaths of these kids. It doesn't bother. Uh, the whole Sacramento legislative crowd at all. Think it bothers Gavin Newsom? No, it doesn't. All right, more coming up. Johnny Kent, KFI. We're going to have uh, Sheriff Alex Villanueva on, the LA County Sheriff, because today, this morning, there was a, a big raid at the home of uh, County Supervisor Sheila Kuehl involving a uh, county contract that went to one of her closest friends. And now we've uh, gotten a copy of a letter Villanueva has sent the Attorney General Rob Bonta saying that Kuehl was informed of the search the night before. Uh, and that's also a violation of uh, the felony penal code and the government code. And he names names as to who tipped Kuehl off. And he's written a letter to Rob Bonta to, uh, to investigate this. And bring charges. Well, that kind of hurts the purpose of the search warrant. If people know the night before, they can start throwing stuff out or shredding, <laughs> hiding stuff. Right I heard. Shredding. Actually, you know, she doesn't. Uh, she lives uh, probably a couple miles from me. I, I heard a grinding, shredding noise in the middle of the night last night. <laughs> what old paper documents? That... Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> no, you have to destroy the cloud. You got to go up there and. <laughs> I heard that too. I heard the cloud getting take that some... cloud down with big, all that digital stuff stored up there. Big and... vacuum sound last night woke me up. Yeah, so I guess that's another aspect of this. We don't know how much the sheriff can talk about the investigation. As we mentioned, he recused himself from it. It was done by an investigative unit within the sheriff's department. The old undersheriff, remember that term? Right. Wasn't that uh, Baca's undersheriff who also got in legal trouble? Uh, what was Paul that little Tanaka. guy's name that came in? Little, Baca. Little guy. Yeah. Paul Tanaka, yeah. Paul he Tanaka. Ended, he ended right. up well, he in, was kind of short, I remember him. He ended up in prison, He came too. into the studio. Yeah. Yes, I remember that was infamous. <laughs> That's when we first learned about the the undersheriff. All right, so we'll be talking to Sheriff uh, V. Coming up after the news at uh, uh, 3 o'clock, uh, the San Francisco Chronicle has something called uh, SF Next. And they did a survey of 1,653 San Francisco residents between June 27th and July 11th of this year. You could guess because they asked them questions on a whole lot of things, but the one we're focusing on is their plans. 
where San Franciscans say they are likely to be living three years from now. And the category that really popped out here are 18 to 34-year-olds. 54% of them say they will not be in San Francisco. They will be gone. In fact, that was the theme. As it turned out, overall, 37% say they will not be in that city in just three years. Why? Oh, homelessness and crime. You could only imagine that. I mean, here's a place that has suffered probably even worse than Los Angeles. It's a smaller city, but it really compacts its problems with the open drug use and the homelessness and the crime. And uh, they actually, you know, recalled their DA. They recalled three school board members over an issue. They're at least doing something there. And now they're telling uh, pollsters that they are really fed up. In fact, that's what one um, respondent said. I remember the hippie generation. It was all about take care of your friends, brotherly love. That is totally gone. You have to understand also what you're reading in the quotes from the people who answered this survey. They still are very far left progressive people. So so they're they're sort of all over the place in trying to understand well, but, why this has happened. They're blaming well, racism a lot. <laughs> they should they're just blaming housing affordability. It's should, terrible. It yeah, costs so much here. They should blame themselves. This is I human nature is endlessly fascinating to me. Nobody admits, you know what? I have a bad philosophy that leads me to vote for the wrong people who do a bad job. It is my fault. It is our fault. Everybody in the neighborhood, everybody in the city who votes for the people in power, this is the people in power. They're not mandated by a king or a dictator. They're not forced on you. You choose them. You freely go once a year, maybe more, and you say, I want this person to set the laws and the policies. So they're doing what you want. You pick them. And then you stand there going, oh, this is really disgusting. I can't believe it. I'm getting out of here. It's you. You're the problem. The homeless guy isn't the problem. You're the problem because you elected the uh, politicians who allow the homeless guy to defecate on your front lawn. Your fault. You allow the attic to shoot up in your alleyway. Yeah. And you, nobody wants to take responsibility. I'm leaving now. I'm just sick of this. I mean, classic toddler behavior. That's what it is. I don't like this anymore. Well, they recalled the DA and they recalled three school board members. They did take some kind of action versus the lumps yeah. here in L.A. Yeah, well, they, they got to they clean out uh, the mayor and they got to clean out uh, their supervisors. And um, they have to force those people to make new laws and get rid of the homeless. Make it illegal to camp in public, period. Can't do it. A political consultant says he has never seen voters more upset and angry in San Francisco than they've been over the last two years. Oh, it's, it is such a filthy sewer. It is so, so disgusting. Uh, there's a companion article here. Uh, 12% of those 18 and older think the supervisors have done a good or excellent job. 12%. Right? <laughs> So I don't know who's on the ballot in November, but it seems like everybody ought to be flushed. And um, uh, 48% says the board has done a poor or very poor job of making the city a better place. 11% think uh, the board has done an excellent or good job. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> wow. Uh, let's see. 65% of the residents said the city has gone downhill. And the older people are, the higher percentage 
of people who have said it's gone into the sewer. Well, of course, because the older you are, the more likely you can remember when San Francisco was a great city and clean and fun and wonderful. So yeah, that makes sense. with a lot of people in Southern California. Right. You'll find the older people have been here and, longer say that much more often. Thing is, but even younger people, I mean, for 55% of the 18 to 34-year-olds to say, this city is worse than when I moved here, they're not that old. It shows you how rapidly it's just gone downhill. Another weird thing about human nature is when you talk about a poll like that, some will say, well, it's just older people, you know, they're just, they're just complaining, they're just nostalgic for another time. It's like, no, they were actually alive when things were pleasant in San Francisco. So, of course, they're more upset. If you're 25, all you know is that the city is a sore. You don't know any better. Yeah. Well, I've talked to people that visit there every now and then, and they tell me when they've gone there in the last couple of years, it's like, whoa, holy mackerel. Did you see the Things line? Things really went to hell. That half the people, half of the people who responded in the poll said they were victims of theft in the last five years. Half! Yeah, I told you last November I witnessed one. I was just standing there in the street, and I saw, I saw a car break in right in front of my eyes. Randomly. It was like 11 o'clock in the morning, too. It's like, so I'm not surprised that one out of five have been a victim of crime when what were the chances of me seeing that when I'm only there a couple times a year, right? Yeah. Just standing there in the street. Uh, that shows you that it's happening much more frequently than uh, you could even imagine. And, you know, the same is true here in L.A. County. But again, I can't wait to see the elections in November and the same tired hacks or the, uh, the protégés of these tired hacks get elected into office and per pursue the exact same policies that people are going to be upset with. Yeah. I don't know what it takes. I don't know what's wrong with the human brain. Something's gone wrong. No, and, you know, based on the history of us covering this kind of stuff, we always wait for, like, a seminal news event to get changed, like it did with three strikes in the 90s. But you and I have looked at a few stories the past couple of years and thought, okay, that, that'll galvanize people, mm. and, it, and it didn't. No. Right. Everyone is including numb. the stabbing death of that poor young woman working at the furniture store. Rihanna Cooper. Yeah. yeah how, could, how could that fly by with little follow up? That, that, that's a made that was one of the most brutal stabbings. And I know stuff about that that has not been made public. I had an inside source. You can't imagine the brutality of that stabbing. Well, we'll be talking later on in the show about apparently Newsom signed this bill, this care court thing to take some of the mentally ill off the streets. One thing I heard this morning about it, though, that really just jolted me. Most of the counties that have responded to this say, oh, well, we really can't get this set up for another two years, even if we do it. Two years? Well. We don't have the infrastructure to have the care court set up yet. That was the problem when they got rid of conservatorships, for the most part, back in the 60s, right? You always hear that Ronald Reagan signed a bill, and there were three legislators who wrote this bill, and they closed the mental institutions in the state. But that's only half the story. The other half was the local cities and counties were supposed to open their own mental health clinics to take care of the mental patients they let out of the state hospitals. But in most cases, they never did. So no. this is the same thing again. The state is going to make a mandate, but the counties and cities are not going to bother doing it because they don't want to get in the business. All right, Sheriff Villanueva is coming on next to talk to us about one of the big stories this morning, the search warrant of the home of the L.A. County Supervisor, Sheila Kuehl. John and Ken show. Mark Ronner has the news, KFI AM 640. It's never been more important to diversify your financial portfolio. Well, that's right. The S&P is down 20% from the last year, and this year looks even worse. 
gold and precious metals offer a hedge against inflation and stock market volatility. And Legacy Precious Metals is the company Ken and I trust. Protect your retirement account by rolling it into a gold-backed IRA or have metals shipped directly to your door. Call our friends at Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or visit buylegacygold.com. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.